Welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, ourselves, and decolonizing our spiritual practices through ancient Africa and throughout the diaspora because liberation is in the spirit. I am your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this show as a medium, a Huru San, a Orisha devotee, an Epetit B, a Reiki healer. Yeah, that's all my things, bad bitch witch. You already know what what time it is. And I'm so happy to bring you another solo episode. I was on Instagram live maybe last week or like two weeks ago. And people were like, um, your little interviews are cute, but we missed the solo vibe. We miss, we miss just you. And I was so shocked. And I went to Twitter. I was like, yo, some people on live just said that they miss my solo episodes. And they're like, uh, well, y'all was like, um, yes, queen, we do. <laughs> I was like, I see, the thing is, I tell myself so many things that aren't true. I just knew y'all were tired of hearing me. I just knew y'all didn't care about the solo episodes as much as the interviews. Cause it's just like, I know so many people doing amazing work. I figured y'all wanted to hear about them and hear me interview them and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I got clarity that yes, you all do like the interview episodes, but I need to work on balance. So I'm going to try to do an episode, an interview episode a month, and then a solo episode a month. Cause I was, I was giving y'all a lot of interviews, but I thought that's because y'all were tired of just me. So now I understand that balance. I, y'all like when I talk my shit and talk about and have my segments and stuff. So we're going to do that. So we're back. This is a solo episode. I'm about to be back on my bullshit, talking about everything per usual. And yeah, so sit back, relax, enjoy, and welcome to the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never give a play. If you would like to keep up with the conversation from this podcast, of course, you should tag ALJ Pod on social media or at a little juju podcast if you feel like typing it all out. And if you want to reach out to me for panel discussions, group readings, keynote speeches, feel free to reach out to me on my website, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E for all the things. I've got a lot of people reach out recently like, hey, we're interested in, you know, I'm doing this with my school. I'm, you know, I want Juju to talk about this and that. So that's been really, really good. So thank y'all and being open to receiving more because your girl got to pay bills. We're still in the middle of a panty, honey. We're in the middle of a Panda Express. 
<sighs> it's a new year. Happy New Year. We now have a new president of these here United States of America. Okay. It's a lot of change afoot. Even in the last episode, you know, Dr. Craig, the numerologist, talked about the changes afoot and things happening this year. Um, so we're here, y'all. Like, we, we, we here. We are here. Feet is on the ground. Maybe we're here. It's been a time... But I'm so grateful that we've been able to foster this community. And so many of you have also been able to continue to grow your relationship with your people um, and your ancestors. So hopefully that has contributed to you feeling less alone this year or feeling like you have some additional supports because we're going to need it. If you're on my Patreon, you know I did the reading of the year on Patreon. It was like an hour and some change and we talked about you know, some potential feelings of, of loneliness, even continuing into this year. And and some of the things that we went through in 2020, just being amplified in 2021. So, you know, if you're interested in that, you can listen to, you can become a patron and, and listen to that, that reading, but ciao, ciao. <laughs> As actually, I'll give y'all a little tea. The main thing about 2021 is again amplified 2020 energy also amplified reaping what we sow energy i always have said what we tend to grows that is always true in 2021 it's like extra true what you put your energy towards is what you will get out of a situation relationships connections people um your time work you know and and what we feed growing, we can feed anything and it can grow. We can feed our, our desires. We can feed our anxieties. You know, we can feed the relationships around us that feel really good. We can also feed the ones that are not, are not good. You know, that don't feel supportive, that don't feel loving, but we stay, we, we continue them. We, make excuses for people, child, all the ways that reaping what you sow can show up. That's going to be the energy of, of, of 2021 amplified. So just be mindful of that as you are making your decisions and choosing what, what makes sense to, what makes sense to, to tend to, and what makes sense to let die, you know, but yeah, it was a lot of tea in there. So I encourage you all to become a patron, of course, but that's that on that. Um, yeah, I think my transition into 2021 was actually really annoying. <laughs> like I was at, I was home, but I, you know I got dressed for the living room and I had two of my friends come over who I hang out with I've been hanging out with all the time during quarantine and I ripped my dress like I wore all white like my skirt just tore. I stepped on it. Um I like, it, it was just like a bunch of random shitty things that were small, but just were happening that you wouldn't want to bring in your new year like that. I was exhausted. I was tired. I wasn't feeling well. I ripped my dress. I, it was like, oh, child. So this, this year 
is already trying it. And it's still only January. <laughs> it's only January. And the, the stress, the struggles. Um, and honestly, one of the, the big struggles that I've been dealing with, and I talked to my patrons about this a little bit, but it's this public figure shit. And um, sometimes I think I forget that I'm one. You know, there's no handbook. There's no handbook in how to handle eyes being on you or more eyes being on you or people seeing you in a way that you don't see yourself. There's no handbook for that. And yeah, that has been a that has been a big big thing for me because yeah, I, it's it's weird. It's weird having people talk about you, even favorably, but like unfavorably. Like I haven't got used to that. It's weird people say things that like aren't true. Like I'm not used to that. I don't know if I ever get used to that. Um, it's you know people making up stories about your life and who you are and who you've been and. Yeah, like I, I have a lot of love. It's it's a lot of love towards me. And I also feel like I can't internalize it because it's all projections. You know, it's like people will project that I'm wonderful and I appreciate that. And in the same way people project that like I'm fake, <laughs> you know, that I ain't shit, that I'm Whatever people may say, it's a small amount of people, but whatever people may say that is extremely hurtful. Ain't no, ain't no recipe book. So that has been wild. And I don't, I don't, I'm so small in the grand scheme of people who are like seen like people who are seen are like celebrities you know I think about like Cardi B and like Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion you know people who are have millions of people around the world looking at them I'm so small to that in comparison but like I'm struggling with this small space like how do it makes me think about how do people operate like this like to be under scrutiny consistently to be projected upon to have be expected to move and operate in a particular way when really like everybody's just regular niggas at the end of the day you know like I just I I I think about that shit a lot a lot a lot a lot particularly recently um as I have been experiencing the the what the the hateration holleration in the dancery which has been super difficult. It's been super difficult. So I know it ain't going nowhere. It's part of the game. But sometimes I just, it's like, yo, I just started a podcast to talk my shit and to learn. And then you get thrust into a, a role, which I believe that I chose before I was born. My destiny chose it. But it's like you don't consent to what happens after you get thrust into that role. 
and then what's expected of you once you're thrust into that role. And it's just hard. So, death to celebrity culture. (laughs) Honestly, death to celebrity culture. There will always be leaders. There have always been leaders. There have always been people that, you know, people gravitate to, that we look up to, that we like, that we enjoy. But celebrity culture tells us that people are not human. Thus, we end up dehumanizing. We end up dehumanizing celebrities. Thus, we end up dehumanizing ourselves. Like death to celebrity culture. Like everybody, we just some niggas. And some niggas, you know, can work a crowd. And some niggas can sing. And we love them for that. And we applaud them for that. But we don't make it more than that. You feel what I'm saying? Because when you make it more than that, then we get into this weird, toxic, sick, like, obsession. And it scares me. Like, yo, y'all, one time I was driving and someone I don't know, I was driving around Baltimore and I had just got out, I got some food, got back in the car and somebody DM'd me who I did not know, didn't follow nothing. It was like, oh, you drive a blah, blah, blah. Like they said, my car and the color of it. And I was like, huh? Because I was trying to play it off like, a little huh? And they just read it and didn't say anything. And I thought that was so weird. Like, why did you just DM me? I don't know you from a can of paint. Never talked to you. But you like, oh, so you drive a... Like, death to that. <laughs> so, pray for me. Just pray for me, y'all. Whew. Okay. So, anyway, back to the back to keeping it cute, keeping it light. Um... Let's get into donations because the donations have grown and the list is going to be a little bit longer because I didn't shout out my patrons last week, but I'm so grateful to everyone who donates. So let's get into donations. All you need is a little juju. So a little juju podcast is made with so much love. It is a labor of love, but it is labor nonetheless. And we believe in giving and receiving divine exchange. Um, The podcast is free for you all. It always has been and it always will be, but it is not free for me. There are costs associated with it. There are costs to pay my editor. There's costs to put it online and have a website. There's costs to do all of the things. So donations are really important in helping support the show to keep it alive, to keep it active, and keep keep us coming back. Keep me coming back. And so there's a few ways that you can donate. There is non-monetary ways and monetary ways. So the non-monetary ways are posting about it on your Instagram, tagging me, saying which episodes that you love, putting people onto the show, rating and subscribing on Apple Podcasts, giving us five stars, saying how much you appreciate it and what you've learned. All of that is a form of donation. All of that helps me help you. So I'm super appreciative of everyone who non-monetarily donates. And then there's some monetary ways to donate, such as through Patreon. And Patreon is a site where you can give monthly to support the show. And if you give a little bit more monthly, it goes towards me providing exclusive content. I've got eBooks up there, videos. Sometimes I do readings. I've been writing more articles for my patrons. So when you give, you get a lot more um, 
on on Patreon if that is the way that you choose to donate. But of course, if you just want to do a one-time donation, I accept donations on Cash App, dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, Venmo, it's Jujubay, or PayPal, T-H-E-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, at gmail.com is my PayPal um, donation email. So all of those ways you can choose how you want to share with me. Um, and right now I'm going to shout out my newest patrons. So bear with me as I get through this, this lovely list. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of those of you who are giving and also just engaging with the content online. I'm, I'm building out an, a cute little Patreon community. I love my patrons. So thank you to everyone who has recently joined. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so big, big shout out to my newest patron. Oh, who, huh? <laughs> newest patrons, patrons. My newest patrons. We have Aja. Thank you so much, Aja, for editing your pledge, upping your pledge. Shout out to Latoya Moreau. Shout out to Kemba Brown for upping your pledge to a sweet 11-11. Thank you, boo. Shout out to Casey Kwanza for upping your pledge. Shout out to Lakeisha Blackbird Butts for editing your pledge and remaining a patron. Shout out to Andrea McCord, Jade Titus, Texas Isaiah. That's my baby. Thank you for upping your pledge. Shout out to Danielle Clack, Lady Serenity, Londa Burns, Kayla Mitchell, Sierra Nicole. Um, shout out to Chris Lester, Jasmine, Vina, Nadia Ormsby. Maya H. Shout out to Cherish Waters for editing your pledge and staying with me. Shout out to Phil Julius, Jami Bess, Ashaja Johnson, Ashaja Johnson. Ashaja, if you see this, please let me know how to pronounce your name. It's a beautiful name. I love the spelling. I hope it's Ashaja Johnson. Thank you so much, boo. Shout out to Kiwi Rich, Jara McFarland, Ren, Ren Goody. Shay, the Brujo, Madison Aubrey, Ariana, L. Bell. Shout out to Savannah, Kaya Smith, Kai, or maybe Key. Shout out to Deborah F. Shout out to You're Not Privy, Carly, Christina Crawford, Janelle Williams, Shakira or Shakira Hicks, Serena Starr, Victoria Johnson, Ophelia, Jada Marjani, Janelle. Indira Husband, Ebony Curry, Jazz, Andrea Christine Small. Come on, full name, period. Shout out to Trey Mill, Christina Willis, Misha, Ashley Moncrief, J Love, BB, Jaded Jade, Helio, Denise Valenzuela. Shout out to Jesse M for upping your pledge, Gabrielle White, Jasmine Henry, Folake Shone Khan. Thank you so much, boy. I hope I pronounced your name right. Shout out to Mar Harden for upping your pledge. Thank you so much. Shout out to Victoria Williams for upping your pledge. Zami Hemingway, thank you so much for upping your pledge. Shout out to Julie for upping to a sweet 11-11. Hannah Johnson, thank you. Diamond, Ima, Inyang, IC, Kennedy, Harris, Nandi, Catrice Cheers, Cece Nirvana, Menelik Blackburn Phillip. Or Menelik. Shout out to Jessica Barreto, Nicole Walters, Adiza Ame, Glow. Hey, boo. Thank you for upping your pledge so much. Thank you to Shaniqua, Ari Batake Cohen, 
Deshara, Shugs, Joe. Shout out to Ashley, Tolliver, Palisa, Araya, Arye, Arye. Shout out to Audrey Johnson, Hawa Vafoli, Henny and Chris. Hey, Henny and Chris. Thank you. Shout out to Zay, Rashi M, Simone Phillips, Jasmine Henderson, Tabitha Holly, Abiyewa. Abiyuwa, Abiyuwa. Thank you so much, Abiyuwa. Shout out to Kemi, Romeo, Stephanie Woodbury, Sugashbi, Sugashbi, Sugashbi. <laughs> Shout out to Race Bader. I hope I got your name right, boo. Race Bader, thank you. Shout out to Anthony J. And that is it. That has been my January patrons thus far. That was a mouthful, but I am so appreciative of everything that you all are sharing with me, the energy of abundance, um, of financial resources, particularly during a panoramic Panda Express. It is not, it is not a light offer to share uh, wealth and abundance and money with me. So I thank you and I appreciate you and I love you for it. I speak over you abundance. I speak over you financial resources. I speak over you everything that you need to be able to carry out your work for the collective and for yourself. So whatever healing work that you need to do, I pray that you have the resources to be able to do it. Um, I pray for your financial wellness, all of our financial wellness and stability in this year. And so I just say thank you, thank you, thank you so much to my patrons. I appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. And of course, big shout out to everyone else who has donated via the Cash App, you know, or Venmo here and there. I always appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so we're going to get into our first segment, which is Heal Yourself, which is juju-related tips and tricks to help ourselves heal. Now, I'm curious. Actually, before we get into that, I would love for you all to... Write me via email, juju at jujubay.com. Or if you're a patron, please send me a Patreon message because I, I see all of those. That's easy to get through. I would love to know what kind of segments you all want. It's a new year. We don't have to do juju for the culture anymore or heal yourself. So if there's anything you all want me to talk about or like, oh, this would be cool or would love for you to talk about this, let me know. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, don't DM me, child, because I ain't going to see that. But if you want to send me an email, if it's really on your spirit, or if you're a patron, please send me a Patreon message because I definitely see those. Um, let me know what, what segments you would like. But yes, we are in Heal Yourself. Heal Yourself. Okay, so I didn't know what I wanted to heal yourself to be today. So when I don't know, I always ask spirit. And I pull just a card. I pulled a card. So today I pulled from the... Brezzy Ando Adinkra Ancestral Guidance Card deck. This is one of my favorite decks to use. It is so clear. It is so loud. I love the incorporation of Adinkra symbols. Helps me feel connected to my Ghanaian ancestors. And um, it, they're just such good cards. And I also wanted to pull a card today for Heal Yourself because the creator of this card, Simone Bressy Ando, she passed away not that long ago. And when I tell y'all, I cried like I knew this woman. So I just, 
I, I knew I wanted to just say her name in this podcast to just publicly say thank you so much to her. Thank you to and for her work. Um, I don't know how she passed, but I'm just so like my heart was broken when I found out that she died. It was so random and it, it hit me extra hard because I was just in I was just in a clubhouse room with her. And for those of you who don't know, Clubhouse is like a it's a like a chat room app, basically. It's an audio app. And she was just facilitating a I was in her clubhouse room. She was just talking. She was talking about, she was pulling cards and reading for us. And it was a small little group, but I just, she's such a, she was so smart, um, so grounded, spiritually grounded and wonderful. So I'm, I'm really, really sad, but I'm honored that she left a legacy. She left us cards to use that her spirit is infused in these cards. So it almost makes them feel a little bit more special that she's she's still here. We can still interact with her spirit, with her arts, with her ideas. And so again, sending so much love and power uh, in the spiritual realm to Miss Simone Breziando. And I will put a link in the show notes to these Adinkra ancestral guidance cards just to continue to support her legacy. I know there was a GoFundMe going around at one point to help um, pay for her body to be buried because she passed in the United States where she lived, but she's from the UK and she's Ghanaian. So I, I believe that they were trying to send her body back home. So yeah, we can just continue to support her legacy and and her art. So yeah. So anyway, back to the cards for Heal Yourself. So I pulled Asaseya Drew. Now all my Akam people don't don't get on my don't get on my my how I pronounced it, but I think it's Asaseya Drew, which means the earth has weight. This signifies the symbol of providence and the divinity of Mother Earth. It represents the importance of the Earth in sustaining life. So that was the card that we they wanted us to know. The spirits wanted us to know for Heal Yourself today. So I'm going to read what the card means from the book, but then just we can talk about like what does that mean to you? So from the book, this card represents providence, uh, Mother Earth's divinity. It says, prioritize taking time to honor the divinity of Mother Earth. What practices are you engaging in that are harmful to the Earth? How can you reduce your impact and spend more time in nature? Also, celebrate a woman in your life. Some additional meanings to this card. Spend time in nature today. Honor and protect um, the feminine divine or bring some nature into your living space. So this heal yourself today feels very direct and clear. It's about the land. It's about plants. It's about nature. It's about being mindful of how we impact others in our community, specifically the things that maybe cannot speak or the things that do not speak loudly, or the things that do not speak in how we speak. Like, you hear me because I'm moving my mouth. But what actually is the land telling you? What are the trees around you telling you? What is the earth consistently trying to tell us? What is going on? So I think this really is about paying attention, not just to human life, but kind of what's going on in plant life because you know the plants be knowing 
Okay. The animals be knowing too, but the plants be knowing. I also think, I know I've said this in the Heal Yourself before, but doing some research around what, what plant matter or material or medicine exists in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city, and how could it be used to your benefit? Again, everybody ain't no herbalist. I ain't no herbalist. I ain't saying go outside and go pick up a bunch of plants and start eating them. But do your research. You can use a plant app, take a picture, see what it is. Google how it's relevant in hoodoo or Google the the herbal um, medicinal or spiritual significance of that particular plant. Also, again, with the card, healing will happen through land. So grounding can happen outside, feet in the earth, or with plants, taking care of plants, nurturing. This is also a card about nurturing the land, nurturing ourselves, taking care. This year... Last year was a doozy, okay? It was a lot. It was a lot. So making sure that you're staying grounded in what you need, figuring out what it is that you need, and seeing how the resources that we've been given can assist you in that. Because quite frankly, we can't count on no other resources because I still ain't get my STEMI. (laughs) I ain't getting my stimmy. I got my first stimmy. I still ain't got my second stimmy. The $600, it's just all a bunch of fragging ankle bullshit. So finding ways to ground and support yourself in the in the the resources that have been given to us that did not come from no human being, that did not come from these niggas. That came from spirit, that came from the universe, that came from God. So However you interpret that card for yourself, even if it was none of the things I said, that is the heal yourself message today. Do that. Do that thing to help sustain. Um, do what can help you sustain and feel grounded and good as we navigate all of the other things that are happening around us right now. So the earth has weight. The earth has weight. I also know that Asase, Asase is a... I believe is a, a deity in the Akan tradition. Now we can go back to our Akan episode because I think we talked about this, but I'm pretty sure it means Thursday. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. And how to spell it is A S A S E space Y E. I believe that also means Thursday in Akan. So I don't know if Thursday means anything to you, doing some particular kind of work on a Thursday, grounding on Thursdays, taking care of your plants on Thursday, something. Let that settle into your spirit, How whatever, however it means that is heal yourself. Also bring some plants into your, you might need to bring some plants to your house, child. You might need to bring some plants to your house. All right. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. Drop it low for Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. Keep the Lord in mind <laughs> when you dirty one. <laughs> it's the sacrilegious for me. I don't know why. I have that song in my head. Please don't pay me no mind. Just drop it low for Jesus is a bop. We'll link it in the comments. 
Because, I mean, in the show notes, because it's just truly about. Oh my gosh, should Drop It Low for Jesus be a segment? <laughs> or am I going to get canceled? <laughs> Drop It Low for Jesus. That is such a bop. All you need is a little juju. Okay, anyway, the next segment today is Juju for the Culture, where I talk about my Juju-ass perspective on what is going on, mostly in pop culture, because it is my guilty pleasure, but just spiritual readings on what the hell is going on in the world. So first and foremost, there has been a lot of celebrity tea happening, and I haven't had a solo dolo episode in a minute. So a few things. This is late, but... Cardi B, this was maybe the last week of December into the new year, first couple weeks into the new year. Cardi B had this site with Instagram that, oh, child. See, this is going to be, I ain't even planning to get this deep, but I just, it just popped in my head to maybe get deep about it. But it said, um, Oh, God. Let me see if it's even still here. Hold up. Okay, so there was a site called Cardi B Truth Teller. And it's verified, blue check, on Instagram. And it says, DM me for an inspirational 2021 reading. Then chill. The truth takes time. I'll hit you back ASAP. 12, 26 until New Year's Eve. Okay, so this was only a few days. And the picture on there is her looking into a crystal ball. It's very, you know majestic, mystic, get your New Year's read from Cardi B. Um, and I saw this and I was like, what the hell is this? And I, I meant to actually reach out to get the DM to get the reading, but I forgot. So if any of you all did get the reading from the Cardi B truth telling thing, please let me know. But, you know, I did a clubhouse room on it. We talked about it. A lot of people were very, 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 very upset that she was doing this, mostly because there are very real readers out here. This is real work that people are doing that they get paid for. That is their livelihood, you know, to get to provide readings to people in 2021 readings to people. And the fact that Cardi B set up a Instagram to do this little fake inspirational readings type thing. A lot of people were in their feelings about it. I think rightfully so. I don't know if I was in my feelings about it. I thought that it was a little tacky. I wasn't quite in my feelings, but what I did feel is that, yo, we really are in the midst of this spiritual work getting even more co-opted than it has already been. We know what spiritual co-opting looks like already. We see that as a big part of why I have this podcast, particularly around hoodoo, because it has been co-opted by a bunch of white folks, white people saying that it's their tradition, right? But in general, celebrities too, like I think everybody who is interested in money right now, everybody who is interested in a bag right now, sees the spiritual work happening, sees the crystal, sees, you know, the... It growing in popularity and it's like, oh, the bag is in the spiritual work right now. How can I get the bag? And so I feel like Cardi B, not just Cardi B, but she she did this in conjunction with Instagram. I think Instagram was the one actually running the account maybe and they used Cardi B's face. But regardless, what does it mean that Instagram 
What does it mean that Instagram is setting up this whole little a few days where people think they're getting a reading from Cardi B? I'm sure they're counting how many people reached out. What kind of messages do people like to say? Like what or what like to hear? Like there's something going on with this. There's it's it's not just a fun thing that Instagram is doing. Like Instagram is already in the midst of trying to make it Amazon light. So are they seeing maybe to put readers on spiritual readers on Instagram? Is Instagram going to start some type of spiritual network? Not rooted in healing or liberation, of course. <laughs> like, that, why would it? It's Instagram. But yeah, it just got me to thinking. And, and for all of you who are readers, all of you who are healers or whatever, or just in your spiritual bag, particularly if it's one of your ways that you make income, how does this popularization benefit you and us? And how does it harm us? What like, and and I think with everything, I've, I'm truly somebody who's both and. I believe in duality. Like, I think it could do a lot of wonderful things. I think as things grow in popularity, that means that people are more open to receiving messages and things maybe they wouldn't have been. So that means that they're more open to spirit. They're more open to healing with their ancestors. I don't know if y'all just heard my stomach growl, but that was very intense. Wow. And also, cons. Like, this means people is playing around with our traditions, making it seem so easy and cute and fun and light. It can be light, but this is also some heavy work. This also speaks to you know capitalism and consumerism really rearing its head in this spiritual work. So it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Um, that's the first thing. And it kind of, I guess, transitions into my thoughts around Azalea Banks, who, now this is more recent. When y'all hear this, maybe it ha- will have been about a week old. And I will link all of the things that I'm talking about in the show notes, of course. But basically, Azalea Banks put on her Instagram story, uh, she was digging up her cat that died three months ago, she buried it in her yard. In her Instagram story, we see her and her homeboy or her friend, I ain't gonna assume genders, digging up said cat carcass. They took the cat carcass out of the dirt. They took it in the house. Then we see a video of Azalea Banks boiling the cat carcass in a big pot of water. Then we see the bones and the skull specifically of said cat carcass on top of a, what looks like a shrine. So Azalea Banks has some form of shrine. We can assume because she practices, she says that she practices palo. And she also has said that she practices Orisha tradition. Um, I believe she's a yayi in palo, which is a priest or yeah. And so she, I'm sorry, palera, palera, palera. So she, we can assume that maybe she was offering the cat skull or putting the cat skull on top of one of her pots. You know, that is the shrine uh, as an offering or to work with one of her Palo spirits. That's what we can assume, but we don't know because we don't know her life and death to celebrity culture. I'm not assuming shit about these niggas because I don't know them, but the internet went nuts. Because first of all, it's Azalea Banks, you know, 
people go up for Azalea Banks anyway because of her many problematic, deeply, deeply, deeply problematic sentiments. Deeply. Okay. I'm not taking that away from her. And quite frankly, I'm not here to talk about none of her problematic things because I'm sure we all know the girl has said some wild ass shit. And both and I wasn't about to drag her for boiling her cat. Like, but people were saying that she was eating the cat. She was demonic. She was doing this and that. And you know, a whole bunch of stuff. It did look nasty. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Boiling the cat. It looked like it looked disgusting. <laughs> it looked so gross, but she was doing spiritual work. She was doing spiritual work. And my thing again, similar to this Cardi B stuff, it's like when not just celebrities, but when people who are in the public light engage in certain works or rituals, how does the collective then receive that? Right? So it was absolutely sensational, sensationalizing for a lot of people. They didn't like it. Beyond thinking that she was eating her cat, people within the tradition were like, oh, she's cleaning some bones. She's about to work these bones. Like, that's normal. But there were a lot of people, even within the tradition, that did not like her showing it. They did not agree because they said it was bastardizing the tradition. It makes the tradition look scary. And folks already are trying to fight against narratives of, excuse me, narratives of this work being scary or evil or demonic. And they were saying that Azalea Banks doing that is only contributing to that narrative. And then there's also people more like me who was like, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I have strong opinions on certain things, of course. But for a lot of things that people have really strong ass opinions on, I don't. I did not have a strong opinion on this. I was more so irritated that people were just being so ignorant and dragging her and saying that she was doing demonic shit and witchcraft. Now, of course, you know, there was a lot of people who were saying that who don't know no better, who just think everything that is not dropping in low for Jesus is demonic. So I was more so irritated at that and people disrespecting the tradition. But I, I'm not going to go all out and say that I think Azalea Banks was disrespecting the tradition or that she was not. I, I don't know. I, I think it's her prerogative. And I think we also have to think that sometimes the things that we think are, sometimes the things that are not okay for us to do or that we wouldn't do doesn't necessarily mean that it's not okay for somebody else to do. Would I ever show my shrines on Instagram? Hell no. Hell no. I don't even show my altar. But who's to say that means that she can't? What if she divined on it first? What if her spirits want her to? Someone made an argument that she, who said that they knew her, they said that she's actually one of her destiny, part of her destiny is actually normalizing these traditions and not being afraid to show her pots, not being afraid to show, yeah, this is how you clean a, this is how you clean bones of carcasses. Like this work is work. This work is not all crystals and sunshine and, and light and chakras. It is blood, you know, it is bones. 
It is offerings, particularly if you're engaging in an ATR, African traditional religion, or a religion of the diaspora of African people. Blood is going to come into it. Hate to to tell y'all this. I know people is vegans and people don't like blood and people don't like bones and people don't believe in sacrifice. And we're not, and quite frankly, we're not used to it. It's not something that is normalized for many of us. We didn't grow up understanding that you sacrifice animals. (laughs) You know, that was something that was seen in movies and it was bad. So again, this is part of the decolonizing unlearning process of you know, she was just cleaning bones of her, her of her pet. It was a pet that died. It was a carcass. She cleaned the bones. It's taxidermy. If she was a white man in bumfuck nowhere wearing a plaid shirt country, nobody would say anything because they have deers and shit hanging on their walls. Y'all ever been to dick sporting goods? <laughs> There's so many. It's dead animals all on the filled up all on the walls. You ever been to somebody in a country house or seen stuff on TV? Stuffed squirrels and shit. This is a lifestyle for people. But it seems like it's not okay for a lifestyle when black people engage in it. When black people engage in the saving of bones or the saving of animal bodies. She didn't hunt hunt it and then stuff it for, for joy. I mean, she was doing spiritual work. So again, I... These are things that I just want us to think about. I don't know if she's sensationalizing or normalizing. I think it depends on who you ask. Some people say both. I think it looks nasty. (laughs) And I think that we have to be more open-minded to stop assuming that she don't know what she's doing. um, Or that she does. I think we just have to stop assuming. And let her do her spiritual work. Whatever it was, she said that it worked for her. She said she she's posted a picture and I forgot what it exactly was. She was like, but yes, we we got approved to move or something, or yes, it worked. So whatever it is, it worked. So good for you, sis. Move out your house. Like, um, I'm I'm going to leave in the show notes actually an interview because so many people were speculating around her. There was this one Australian radio show that actually interviewed her about it. She didn't talk about her spirituality from what I heard. I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to most of it. She was really just talking about what happened and saying that she didn't eat her cat and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and I was also pointing to how it was hurtful that people just assume that she's doing the worst all the time. Now, again, I'm not sitting here standing up for her whole personhood because I don't know her. She says things that I deeply disagree with and that are extremely hurtful. And that is true. And what's also true is y'all not going to be disrespecting my traditions. Okay. Y'all not going to do that. Y'all not going to do that. Y'all not let the girl be a paleta how she's a paleta. I know we have the past of her showing the chicken blood in the closet. It's really deep stuff, child. I'm going to keep her in my thoughts, okay, and prayers. We just have to continue to do our work as our spirits tell us, and I pray that she is doing the work that her spirits tell her that are in alignment with her best and highest self, okay? That's all I got for my Azalea tea. Now, lastly, my third celebrity tea is that of Kodak Black, who is a rapper. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was recently pardoned by 45. Y'all's ex-president of the, these United States of America pardons 
uh, Kodak Black from prison also pardoned Lil Wayne and he pardoned a lot of people, um, like 80, about 80 people. But within that number, I'm speaking on Kodak Black. Now, what's funny is that some episodes ago, I don't remember what episode it was, but a few of y'all reached out to me, y'all tweeted me or whatever. And you were like, you talked about Kodak Black because you went to his concert and you said his spirits were so strong that you don't think he'll ever do any serious time behind bars. Or you don't think that he'll ever really get caught up within the system. I mean, he's been caught up in the system, but like in an intense way that he won't be free or be able to make music or whatever. And uh, yeah, I did say that because when I saw Kodak Black in concert some years ago, his spirits were so strong. I was shook. I was shooketh. Okay. Now he is a Haitian man. I noticed that Haitian people generally have, particularly Haitian um, men that I've interacted with. I've never actually interacted with many Haitian women, but men who have been in spaces with and who know they're Haitian, who I know are Haitian, they spirits be loud. Okay. And very like, Knock if you buck. And that was his spirits. And so I am absolutely not surprised that Kodak Black, of all people, was pardoned by the former president, Donald Trump. Like, it is just wild. And I'm so grateful that y'all remind me of things that I say. Because y'all know I just be on here reading these celebrities like it's nothing. But... That boy is is going to escape every time. He's not going to do no full time because his spirits are so strong. And it's giving, well, it, it's very clear that he got a man. So he got somebody conjuring. You know, it's very clear. That's my thoughts on it. I'm, I, I, that's my intuition. I also may have a little inside tea about that. So that is to all these celebrities, okay? A lot of them, I say it all the time, they in it. And if they not in it, they have someone around them who is in it for them, who is conjuring up for them so that they can get out of shit. Like, it's just what it is. And it's smart that they have it. I'm not saying, you know... People don't need to atone, but I'm saying as people who are, who have intensified evil eye on them, like more than the regular niggas, intensified evil eye, intensified people trying to take from you. You can't trust the people around you because you don't know if they actually like you for, if you're a celebrity, if they actually like you as a person, people trying to bring you down, blogs, you bet. You better have somebody conjuring something, which is why I need somebody to call Megan the Stallion for me because I see no one is conjuring for my sister. And Megan is struggling right now. She's going through a lot of stuff. Y'all know I love, I'm team Megan the Stallion. Somebody needs to be conjured for my sis. I'm gonna need some of her celebrity friends who are about that life to pull her in because Give her my email, juju at jujubay.com. If it is above my pay grade, which it may be, I can refer her. But I really need, it's so obvious to the celebrities who don't have spiritual backing. Even if they don't have a conjurer or someone conjuring to them, which I think that they do, they at least have somebody in their 
court or team who is praying, who is going to church and taking their name to the altar, the priest child, something. Even the Christian ones, they going to sell hoodoo person, somebody. So that's why I just need, I need, I want that for Megan. I need that for Megan because she needs it. She needs that additional spiritual support. She has a lot of it on her own, but she can't do it on her own because it's, she's, she's growing too much in the spotlight. She's been through a lot of trauma this year or this past year. And she just needs someone who is going to stir up some pots for her. If you know what I'm saying? Who's going to make a couple sacrifices. You know what I'm saying? So that she can, it can help her move forward. She just needs a little push. She got it. She's going to be good. She has a lot of spiritual support, but she just needs a little push. But anyway, that's my tea. That is my spiritual tea. That is what I wanted to talk about for Juju for the Culture, my assessment of what the girls are doing and to affirm also how I just be reading these celebrities down. <laughs> so again, thank y'all to those who, who, who got me hip to what's going on with Kodak Black and what I said some time ago. Cause uh yeah, it's the it's the reads for me. All you need is a little juju. Drop it low for Jesus. <laughs> okay. So our next segment today is the main topic. And I want to talk briefly about combining spiritual traditions and practices. Because I get asked this a lot, and you know, I think it's good to just talk about a few times and because I have multiple religions, I think it it would be nice to just give some insight into how they all work together because they are, they are different. Every ATR, every ADR, um, is not the same. So I want to just talk about how I've found the balance in working with all of the different traditions that I follow. So I practice hoodoo. Y'all know hoodoo. Y'all know why I talk about hoodoo all the time. Hoodoo is a tradition that was born in the United States in the American, Black American, Southern United American States South. <laughs> it's the tongue tie for me. Um, but it was brought because our ancestors did not lose when they were brought to the States. When they were brought to Babylon, they had ideas, they had beliefs, they had spiritual systems and traditions. They had a belief in the land having spiritual properties. They had belief in spiritual causes of, of good things happening and shitty things happening, of sickness. They had all these things already mapped out and laid out. And so when they were brought to the U.S. via chattel slavery, of course, they're they're in a new land. They're on a new terrain. They're around different people. They're having different experiences. They're obviously having an intensified amount of trauma, and so that all of that is going to impact your spirituality. That change in location, that change in experience, that change in what is happening to you is going to change things. So, with that, hoodoo was 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 born it was it was watered it it comes from ideas that were brought from the continent but it became its own religion it became its own tradition engaging with it became its own tradition it was its own uh, rituals were born here new plants and and foods became a part of it. it it was the ground it was the foundation really of how we understand it is the foundation of really how we understand blackness particularly 
black Americanness in the States. And so that is hoodoo. And so I follow those rituals. I follow those traditions. I have those beliefs. I grew up with those traditions. I grew up with having to do certain things, not being able to do certain things, um, not being able to um, put whistle in the house. I couldn't do that. Now learning that whistling calls spirits. And when I was a young girl, I was not allowed to whistle in the house. And I did not know why. I was not able to, my grandma would say, you know, you can't have people roaming around your house on New Year's. You can't be having a whole bunch of guests and stuff on New Year's. You're not supposed to do that. So growing up with the superstitious, quote unquote, that's what they call it. Black folks who superstitious, that is really at the crux of it. It is hoodoo. So I, I, I trust that and believe that. Of course, we have to understand, again, I talk about this all the time, particularly in my hoodoo class, that if you have a tradition that was born out of protection from being sold, being beaten, being um, violently controlled and spiritually controlled, physically controlled in almost every some of every aspect, some of the most horrendous things that we can think of. If you have a tradition that was born from that and trying to protect you from that, it is going to be rooted and has to ha- be rooted in some kind of liberation or it will not make sense or there would be no reason to have that religion. So there's an aspect of freeing oneself, freeing one's body, freeing one's mind, freeing one's spirit that is innate to the practice of hoodoo because of the circumstances that made hoodoo what it is for black American people. And I hope that makes sense. Therefore, it is very hands-on. It is very much about um, aspects of hoodoo are about conjuring spirits, conjuring liberation, conjuring connection, conjuring love, binding oneself to other people. I'm not talking about binding yourself to your freaking ancient partner. I'm talking about binding yourself, protecting yourself so that your children are not taken from you and sold. I'm talking about binding yourself to your lover, the child, the parents of your child so that they are not sold or they are not able to be taken away from you and the family. Even after chattel slavery. Okay. So with that being said, because of that, and we know that a lot of people, including black American people, but people all, black folks, not just black folks, but black folks, all throughout the diaspora have a, a level of shame around black American culture because of the trauma that a lot of us who are black Americans come from because of slavery, which uh, unfortunately, people see as as embarrassing. I think, wow, we came from folks that went through all of that, and we still here. Wow, it's giving, it's giving the baddest. But you know, so because of all these things that people feel about Black folks, particularly Black Americans, there is a stigma on us culturally, and there's a stigma on us religiously. To where hoodoo is often conjured is not respected as a tradition in in many people's eyes. 
And I'm just calling it like I see it. It's obvious. You can look right in front of your face and see that. It is not respected as much as some of the other religions and traditions that black folks have because of how it was born. And also probably because it has been co-opted for such a long time. It has been lied on. Who'd have been lied? Who do conjure been lied on? Okay. Not so much anymore, but like just because of all of the the marketeers, meaning the the white folks who walked around saying that hoodoo was theirs and that they are the the owners and proprietors of this particular religion. So it just, it, it, it has gotten a, a, a reputation that is unbecoming. And some of that is really fucked up because this is what saved our people. So it's a mess. I'm not even trying to get into all that, but I have those beliefs. I was raised by people who had those beliefs, those rituals. Now, my family members, my elders, they don't call it hoodoo, child. They don't ever call it hoodoo. They don't know it as hoodoo, typically. Some of them do. They just know it as superstition. They know it as, you ain't supposed to do this. You just ain't. I don't know why. You're just not supposed to do it. I asked my grandmother, well, how come a man got to walk in your house first on New Year's? She said, I don't know. It's just what you do. That's what you do. That's what my mother did, and that's what I do. And you leave it at that. So that is a religion that I follow very closely. I work with my ancestors. I work with my spirits. I take spiritual baths. I do all of that. I do the rituals. I eat black eyed peas on New Year's. You know, I make my greens. I eat my cornbread for sweetness. Okay. I also follow the tradition of Ifa. I am an Orisha devotee. I love the Orisha. Orisha are specific deities within the um, Yoruba, which is where the tradition of Ifa comes from, Yoruba. Yoruba pantheon. They are deities. I am a part of an Ile, a spiritual house within that particular religion. I sing the Orisha songs. I'm a Petebi, so I serve Ifa very closely. Technically, Apetebi is a wife of Ifa. I have been initiated into this practice. So this is something that I study very closely. I get my readings. I have an Odoo. You know, I will continue to have Odoo. Now, one of the biggest beliefs within Ifa is how we move and how we act and treat other people. We are to treat, we are to move in Iwapele, that means good character. That means we are to move in good character. And so a lot of time, but and, and people, I'll be frank, people interpret good character in a lot of ways. They do. Depends who you ask. But generally, I would say overall good character is, you know, you keep it cute. You don't be out here wilding in these streets. You take care of people. Sometimes it's interpreted by a lot of people. It's you don't do, you don't do active juju against others. You don't, you're not doing no hexing work. That's not Iwapele. You would take your problems to the Orisha. You would take your problems to, you know, Ifa and let Ifa deal with the shit that comes up. You don't need to get yourself involved in all the, the mess and the stuff. You take it to your spirits. You take it to Ifa. You take it to your Egun. Your ancestors. 
And so there's a lot of, I think, within Ifa tradition and folks who practice priests and babalaos and yanifas, these are priests, that can, on the surface, conflate, I think, depending on what ile that you are a part of and what your lineage is and what your spiritual house says and what your godparents say, but it can conflate because it's like, okay, you're supposed to be moving a good character, but you're telling me that you over there being a juju bay, putting niggas in jars and burying them in the graveyard, like make it make sense. And that was a point that I that I struggled with a little bit. Now I also have in the past practice espiritismo or spiritualism. Um, to an extent, I think that I do as well, though I'm not as deeply immersed in it as I was when I was a part of a different spiritual house. So now that I'm in a new spiritual house, well, it's not new anymore, but it's new within my own. <laughs> Um, we did a lot of spiritualist work. We did a lot of misas, which are, you know, basically seances where we're calling on spirits and we're getting possessed and we're doing this and we're doing that. That's pretty heavy. And a lot of Lukumi practices will work in the table. I'm not in Lukumi anymore, so I'm not engaged in it, but I know what it is. It means to work with my spirit guides. I know who my spirit guides are. I know how to feed them. I know how to talk to them. I know how to call them because of my work in spiritualism. So I'm not as active, but I still am active. I still, yeah, I still tap into my spiritualist bag when I need to um, and and plan to start to pick that practice up more. So yeah, all that being said, I got a lot of religions. I got a lot of traditions. I have a lot of beliefs that were born from different places. If I was not born from a place of chattel slavery. So the tenets and ideas around it are going to be very different than a practice and tradition that was born to literally free someone from bondage. And so there can be, and I notice it within spiritual community, uh, uh, an interesting push and pull. Because there's there's an assumption that people who practice hoodoo are not moving a good character. Because they... They throwing bones and they and they and they go into the graveyard and they're, you know, doing juju, you know, which still has a negative connotation. Juju has a uh, an extremely negative connotation in a lot of places. I think it's shifting, but largely, I think those of us who don't see it with a negative connotation and see it as a, as possibility are still in the minority. We have just created a community where it feels like we're in the majority. I'm pretty sure we are in the minority, right? So I want to talk about how I found a way to piece them all together where it works for me. So I think it is wrong to say that people who are practicing hoodoo are not moving a good character. If you practice Ifa, I also know people who practice Ifa or practice Orisha tradition generally who have been told in their Orisha readings that they are not someone who should be doing active juju work, active spiritual work. They are to take their things to their spirits. They're not supposed to be doing juju. It is a taboo for them, meaning it's, it's I don't want to say forbidden, but it's it's not good for you to do that. And so I think for people who have had that, you know, if you practice 
Orisha tradition and they're like, nah, that's not for you. You shouldn't do that. It's not going to fare well for you. I think that that's valid. I think that that's valid. You know, you, you don't do that. If you are to just take your things to your spirits and let them handle it, boom, do it. Now, if you have not had that taboo when you practice Orisha tradition and you also practice, you know, hoodoo or just some other type of like, I think of it as like hands-on juju. Not that Orisha tradition is not hands-on juju. It is. We have things that we can do and work and yes, there it is. But I'm talking real hands-on. I have not found an issue. I have found an issue when when people have projected their beliefs onto me. So I may have a Orisha reading and I have that has said, you know, I have to be very careful about what I say because what I say will come true. Things that I put my juju on or work towards, it will happen. And I had that interpreted for me one time by a a priest, a Babalao, who was like, you know, you shouldn't be doing any juju work because you might end up fucking somebody up more than you thought. You going to say a prayer that all your haters stubbed their toe and one of their houses burned down. Now, that is not what the reading said. That was not what the Odu said. That is how my reader interpreted it. And I think it was a good reminder to be very mindful about what I'm doing and who I'm doing it to and why. And will I be able to handle the results of what I'm doing? Not always negative shit, just shit in general. Um, but I've not had anything that said I can't do my hands on work, but a lot of people and readers and, and Baba Laos and stuff have told me to just be, be mindful of that, but that has not come up in Odu for me. So when I'm engaging in Orisha tradition stuff, if I'm dealing with something, I figure out what ebo, that's the sacrifice, is needed to help handle the situation, and I let it be that. I don't go to Ogun, which is an Orisha. I don't go to my Orisha and say, go cause havoc in a motherfucker's life. I don't do that. I don't work my pots like that. I don't believe that that is what Ifa said when they said moving in good character. I let my spirits and my Orisha, who are here to take care of me, handle shit if I'm operating within that tradition. So if something is going on in my life that I need a resolution to, I will reach out to the proper channels. I will see what sacrifices need to be made, whether personal or an animal. That happens. And I say thank you to my spirits and go on by my day. Now, often I will make sure that things are working in all of my, like, I have went through each channel of religions that I follow and done the work that needs to be done. So I don't, if Ifa says it's, something's going to work out for me, it's going to work out for me because Ifa don't lie. However, I don't come from people who just practice Ifa. If any, <laughs> I come from hoodoos, baby. I come from people who did hands-on work. So... For me, everything's going to be fine. Yes, if I will be, and I believe that. But it's because I also had to do my hands-on work. I got to I gotta do my tongues. I got to do my spiritual work. I got to do my floor washes in my house. I got to take particular spiritual baths. I got to um, 
you know, go to my ancestor altar, which which are not just hoodoo things. There's medicine in all of these traditions, but I make sure I take all my medicine. So, for example, it's like if I was feeling sick and one of my grandmas like, all you got to do is um, take a take a spoonful of vinegar. I had a grandma always had me eating prunes and drinking vinegar. <laughs> but then my other grandma's like, well, baby, you need to take your vitamin C tablets and um, some Robitussin. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna take my vitamin C tablets. I'm a. I'm gonna eat my food. I'm gonna take my teaspoon of vinegar. I'm gonna eat some prunes, and I'm gonna uh, do whatever my grandma said. I'm gonna do all of it. But that's me. That's how I have been able to operate in this. However, some medicines might not go together for some people, and I think we have to honor that. I think you have to know what works for you. But what's important is not putting one tradition over the other or saying that one is better or one is cleaner. And again, I find that happening to hoodoo so much. It gets a bad rap. It gets a, oh, well, you know, people making oils and stuff with olive oil and da 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 da. And this is messy. They're like, no, it's not. That's what our ancestors did. People pray over olive oil and put it on your head and bless you and change your life with that. You know, because it was born from not ha- not having a lot physically on the surface, but also not needing to have a lot to get shit done, to make shit work, to get your money up. And maybe not even having to make blood sacrifice, not having to. You know, there's there's tools and ways to get and to get around that if you didn't have access to that. So that's how I found it. And of course, with spiritualism, you know, I I call on my spirit guides, particularly if there's an issue going on. I know that I have different spirit guides for different things. I know who those spirit guides are because of spiritualism, because of Misa, because they've shown themselves to me through through possession or possession of someone else who was around me. So uh, I've been able to do that. And so, yeah, I, I I let them work and ebb and flow and ebb and flow. Now, I have to also put my foot down sometimes with my, with my godparents. Um, I'm saying this with the... Okay, yes. So I have to tell my godparents sometimes. They're like, oh, well, you know, you can just take it to... And it's like, I, yep, I'm going to take it to Eshu. But this is not my only religion. So I'm going to take it to SU and I'm going to take it to me. <laughs> I'm going to take it to me. But what I think is beautiful is that there's a possibility to believe multiple things. I love this idea that we don't just have to have one belief system or one religion. I think that they work together so beautifully. And I get a lot out of each of them. They they highlight different things in my life. They highlight humanity and collectivism and community in different ways for me. And I love that. And also, you know, I'm, I've been starting to identify more as a cultural Christian. I'm not Christian because I don't believe that Jesus died for my sins. And that's like the main thing that you have to believe. Um, 
on top of a whole bunch of other things. But I think the main thing, regardless of my critiques of Christianity, like I literally don't believe that. So I, I couldn't be a Christian. But do I love me some gospel music? Yes. When I'm doing my spiritual work, will I be um, listening to gospel music? Yes. Am I going to read the Bible? Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to go ham. I'm going to go hammer time with the Bible. Am I going to pull that Psalms out? Yes. Am I going to do my work? Yes. Am I going to say my protection prayers using Psalms? Yes. And read the Bible in general, divine with the Bible. Am I going to go to church when church is open back up? Yes. Not every Sunday, but when I want to, yeah. Because they all can work together. And I think one of the main things that... um really having been raised in a place of like Abrahamic tradition. Um, and in my case, Christianity was that it says that you have one belief. You can have one belief system. Either you are Christian, you are Muslim, you are Jewish, you are Buddhist, you are blah. And there feels like there's not enough room to be like, well, I believe this and I believe that over there too. So who's to say, I can't believe it all. I can't believe anything that I want. I find that one of the things that piques people's interest when I get to know them, if we're talking about spirituality or whatever, is not even so much that I have a quote unquote alternative religion to what the religious norms are, but that I have multiple. Because I'll say, well, one of my religions, and it's kind of like, like, it's not even the fact that you pray to your ancestors or whatever, but it's the fact that you have multiple. Like, what is that? How does that work? So I love it. I think it I think it all works together. I think it's important to work together. And if I had another religion, which I could have one day, I would incorporate that. I think it's different strokes for different folks. I think that different these are all technologies, right? Different technologies do different things. Like an Apple computer and a Microsoft computer can both get me on the internet. But it's gonna look real different, or or even how about a, a droid and a a droid and an iPhone? I can I can get on Twitter on my droid on a droid or an iPhone team iPhone gang. I can search the web. Is that still a thing that people say? I can still make a phone call on a droid or an iPhone, but the screen gonna look different. On my on a droid, I think you can like make your phone kind of look a little bit more unique to you. You can't really do too much unique shit on Apple. It kind of is what it is. The 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 screens might just look a little bit different. The time may show up differently. I might have to press this button and that button to get to my text messages on my Joy, but I know how to get to it on my on my iPhone. But they can do the same things. It's going to go about it in different ways, but I can do the same things. And certain things I want to do on my iPhone are going to be harder than to do on a Droid. Hackers can break into Droids, I think, a little bit easier because Apple kind of has some of those things on lock. But Apple also, I feel like it's run by the goddamn government. So, hey. 
So again, that might have been a really shitty, <laughs> that might have been a shitty <laughs> example. But my point is they do different things, but they do the same thing. They do different things, but they do the same thing. You have to find which tradition works best for you and what aligns with you and your beliefs and your your destiny. Your destiny. But I, I respect them all equally, and I think that's how they work. And as far as my ancestors, my ancestors say I got the go-ahead with doing them all and crossing my T's and dotting my I's and all of it. Well, that's what I'm gonna do. That's 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 what I'm gonna do. So I hope that was helpful to y'all. I mean, I know it's not like a clear cut, concise. This is how you practice all the religions. I think it's important that you just have reverence for all of them and see how they can work with each other and talk to other people to see how they, you know, how they do it. Or talk to if you have elders or godparents, see how it works for them. I mean, hey. Our ancestors did juju and they was in church, hon. They made it work. We here, okay? <laughs> they made it work. They put that ATR, they put that, they put that black spin on, on that Christianity and made a and did a, did some things, okay? And did some things and was, you know, in a lot of cases, they didn't get rid of prophecy. They didn't get rid of Spiritual sight, seeing, dreams, gifts, speaking over people, healing with herbs, healing with oils. They didn't get rid of that. They combined it with the church so it's possible. We have examples of it. We can literally look to many of our elders who did that work but also were in church every Sunday. And Tarion and Karen on and healing with hands. And being psychic and calling it prophecy. So, we know how to do it. I would say don't overthink it. It'll flow. You'll know when it's not right. There may be little road bumps like, ooh, I don't know which way to go with this. You'll figure it out. And this is for any tradition. You might be... You might be you might practice voodoo and, and palo. Like, figure it out for you. Whatever you may have, you're drawn to or have initiations for, just, just study them all. See how they feel. We come from so many different bloodlines of people to where you may have a voodoo bloodline and you have a palo bloodline and you have Ifa bloodline, because at some point you have Yoruba ancestors who are calling you, and somewhere down the line you have Congo ancestors who are calling you, and somewhere down the line you also came from people you know who was devout Christians who raised you in the church, who will understand that, who understand the technology of the Bible who Bible. So there's a way to kind of tap into all of your spirits that way, which I think is really great. Um, that I've been able to do. It's like, okay, I know if I want to talk to certain great-grandparents of mine or, or or elders who I knew personally or am not that far d- removed from, I know the Bible's going to reach them because that was the technology that they chose to use. But if I go back a little bit further, you know, I can think of the Bible and my ancestors who worked roots, who 
did the the workings, right? And then even farther back to my ancestors, even before enslavement, what they may have been practicing, thinking about, studying, believing in. That's their technology. So we're not, obviously we can't, we don't need to be every religion of all of our ancestors. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of us, and particularly Black American folks, we we there there's a possibility that there's a lot of different um, nationalities, ethnicities, and thus belief systems happening in your in your spiritual court because it is within your bloodline, and bloodline is 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 a big part of a lot of these these traditions. And you don't have to know. You don't have to know what your people believed in. You don't have to know even if you was like adopted. Like I don't know what they believe. It's okay. I don't know if my people really was Zifa. I know my spirit feels called to it, so I do it. And I think that's enough. And that points to something greater is my point. So pay attention to what you're drawn to. Pay attention to how you feel them all working together. Some won't work together. Let's be very clear. Some people were in traditions or trying to be in traditions that don't work. Um, we in traditions where you could be heavily, heavily a con. Heavily, heavily Dahomey. I'm pretty sure Dahomey people in, is it Yoruba? Back in the day was beefing heavy. <laughs> so you over here trying to be fine. Your ancestors is like, um, we're still beefing. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, that's it. I hope that gave y'all some insight. I trust that you'll be able to figure it out. And you will. Because you know what's going to feel right and what don't feel right. Um, and all the traditions that I follow ain't going to be the traditions that everybody follow. And some things people do, it don't vibe with me, but it ain't supposed to because it vibe with them. Same with me. So. Wishing you big, bountiful blessings. Word to big empress energy. Wishing y'all big, bountiful blessings and and just continuing on your journey and figuring out shit for you. Okay. It don't need to look like what nobody else doing. It's going to look like what it does for you. And as long as it is uplifting you and by you, I mean your people, your community, your family or whatever, have at it. And you know, at the end of the day, drop it low for Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. Keep the Lord in mind. When you're dirty wine, drop it, drop it for Jesus. <laughs> All you need is a little juju. <laughs> okay, my loves, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, you can find me on social media at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E on Instagram, on Twitter. You can also find me at A Little Juju Podcast spelled out just as it sounds on Instagram. Hit me up on my website. Again, if you want me to reach, if you want to reach out, you want to do some type of something, um, keynote schools been reaching out all of that um, www.itsjujubae.com please get your coins ready honey again the girls gotta pay the bills child I can't be doing a whole bunch of free things okay the, the podcast is free I try to give the free tea the YouTube is free please come with a coin but Yes, that is all. Thank you all so much for tuning in. 
I appreciate you for listening. I enjoyed this episode of Good Solo Vibes. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Hey, drop it in. <laughs> Bye. So I'll never drop, drop.